previously on the Adventure Zone. And now standing before you is this this hideous, tall, hairy creature. It is what you maybe would have considered before you met the real deal. It's Bigfoot. This thing pushes Ned through the rift and follows behind, and then the rift disappears. Everybody in there sees Dewey get flung into the room, badly bloodied at this point, and Sheriff Owens runs and jumps in a uh, squad car and takes off uh, in hot pursuit. I'm going to grab onto the back of Sheriff's car. Also, you are standing in a virtual space. You feel this electric shock at your neck. You are in what appears to be the decrepit lobby of some sort of hotel. The being has just stepped through the rift. It perches itself on the edge of the table and then dives claws first in your direction. fucking chunky roll out of the way yeah get those threes out trav you want to get a dad got his four out juice got his three out do you want to get a nasty one out (laughs) get a clunker out trav get a clunker out it feels good squeeze out a clunker on roll 20 just cleanse the oh Oh, that's an eight eight. that's pretty good dang it hey welcome to the max fun drive episode and then a nine oh Oh, travis is blowing his load and we're here to tell you about the max fun drive we're so speaking of Blowing loads. Yeah, we're talking about the Max Fun Drive this week. We're so uh, excited to be here with you, joining in in this wonderful communion we call podcasts. We may sound like we're about to finish, but we are just getting started talking about this this great drive. Uh, Folks, Maximum Fun, if you don't know, is our podcast network. It would be weird if you didn't know that because we talk about it a lot. Maximum Fun is our podcast network, and once a year we come to you hat in hand and say, hey, if you if you could spare a few bucks a month uh, to help keep the network going, help keep our shows shows plural going, uh, we would sure appreciate it. So what what does that mean to you, the viewer, the, the listener? Uh, it means that you need to head over to maximumfund.org forward slash donate and choose what donation level you can uh, get on board with, be it five, ten. Uh, 25 all the way up to $200 if you're a stone cold super fan, I guess. <laughs> Everything else I could think of was pejorative, and I didn't want to be if pejorative because, like, if you want to do that, oh, yeah. yeah. If you're the CEO of Stone Cold Creamery, which is not what it's called, if you're, oh, well, stone, oh, if if you're stone cold Steve God. Austin and you want to support us at 200 bucks a month, Go nuts! Uh, if if you do support us, you uh, well first of all, well, first first off, you get the knowledge that you are helping us uh, grow. Uh, it directly, is because, by the way, you'll directly you'll put, you'll put in the shows that you listen to when you uh, register your donation, and those are the shows that get your uh, cash. And it's because of that support that we've been able to turn this into our 
uh, career. It's why we've been able to uh, take these shows so seriously and uh, devote so much time to them and, and grow in the ways that we've grown. And uh, not only that, you also get some pretty slick gifts as well. That um, let's talk about those maybe during the uh, the well. Can the I just say my yes. favorite one that everyone gets at every level? All kinds of bonus content, not just the new bonus content from this year, but all bonus content going back through the Max Fun Drives. And this year, the bonus episode for the Adventure Zone, you'll be able to hear us play Honey Heist, which is a one-page one RPG in which uh, I will DM and Griffin, Dad, and Justin play bears trying to steal honey from HoneyCon. Very excited to record that one. Very excited to get out on that one. So we're, we're going to talk more about the Max Fun Drive uh, right now. If you feel the spirit move you, it's maximumfun.org slash donate. And let's do the show. You're in a dungeon. You're in a big dungeon. And there's a big goblin. And oh, no. he, has, he has a crown. You take the crown and win. Okay. So Maximum Fund, we need the money to keep this motherfucker afloat. No, um, <laughs> Maximum Fund pays Griffin by the word. Yes. Um, I want to pick it up with Ned because that was sort of the uh, thing we did not resolve at the... Well, actually, there was a lot of cliffhangering happening at the end of the last episode. And some car hangering. And some mm-hmm. car hangering, yes. Uh, but let's start with Ned. Um, Ned, to remind you, and I'm talking to Dad now, not Ned. Uh, you are in... Is Ned some- there? Can I? Ned? Can Ooh, we speak with? Can Ned? we channel him? Uh, Hello. God, what's worse than when James Lipton does that, though? Yeah. yeah you ever see? You ever see that one with the Simpsons where he's talking to Yearly Smith and he's like, "Can we speak with Bart Simpson?" Oh God. <laughs> that James, one with no. That one with the Simpsons that they're all there, and I'm pretty sure he just goes one by one, like, "Now do Mo," and yeah, it just right. gets weird. I'm sorry. I said Yearly Smith, who is Lisa. I meant Nancy Cartwright. I am very yes. sorry. Get okay. out of here. Ned is in uh, some sort of building. It's it's kind of dark, and you haven't really had time to uh, get your surroundings. You get the impression that it is some sort of uh, hotel or something along those lines, just based on the fact that you kind of uh, woke up in this place. Well, you woke up in some sort of weird VR zone and then got broken out of that and now are in this uh, sort of dilapidated ho- hotel, you think. Uh, you stepped out into the main lobby and you heard this humming coming from down the hallway uh, towards this conference room. And uh, you walked toward the humming and uh, got some details on the uh, the abomination you all are uh, hunting this time around. Uh, but then the abomination saw you and is starting to come in your direction. Well, I think Ned's instincts would be to flee. Yes. To run away. That tracks, Yes. Are is is he anywhere near any of those? You said there were rifts all around the room. Is he right. near any of them? So you are. You definitely have this monster between you and these and these rifts. Uh, there is there is just there is just no way that you would be like you're in this hallway that he has moved into. There's no way that you get past him uh, without uh, getting getting mauled by this uh, big big nasty sort of. Uh, monstrous Bigfoot creature. Um, so you get the impression that, like, if you want to get in that room, you're either going to have to overpower this thing or, you know, uh, lose it somehow in, in this building. Uh, Ned would... I, but he's not going to initiate a confrontation. I mean, Ned hasn't become that brave. Okay. I, I think he runs away. I think he runs up one of those staircases. 
Okay, yeah, we can kind of zork this out if you want. I have sort of a layout of this place in my mind. Uh, the the staircase is back in the lobby, and the kind of exits from here are uh, the main exit of the building, which is just completely boarded up. Uh, there is a back office behind the reception desk, and then there is the staircase uh, leading upstairs. Um, uh, are, are you just trying to run away from this thing so you can like break line of sight and? Yeah, I, okay. I think that's just it's just his flight instincts have kicked in, and he's just going to run as fast as his his little behind can carry him. Uh, why don't you act under? Wait, pressure, are you running then? on your butt? Yeah, he's doing so a bounce. Are it's you using great. your butt to run? That's a good point. That would not be successful. Uh, all right, let's see. There, there. And that would be a six plus, plus cool plus cool, which is one. That's a seven. Um, okay, on a seven, you get a mixed success. I give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Uh, I think on this one, it would be a uh, price to pay. You are able to like slide to a halt and uh, uh, get get up on the first landing of the stairs. Uh, but this thing is like bigger than you and faster than you, and it charges into you uh, and tries to grab onto you. And you do feel it get like a hand on you that you kind of peel off as you sprint up the stairs, and it continues on and like crashes into the wall, and you lose it as you run up the stairs. But as you reach the second story, uh, you reach down and you realize that you dropped the uh, the gun, the narc you blaster. You didn't. You didn't do that to me. Uh, I mean, it's not gone forever, but it is down in the lobby somewhere. But you have gotten away from this thing, and you are on the second floor. Uh, you are standing in just like this this one long single hallway, uh, and there are five doors sort of branching off into other rooms. Um, through one, you see kind of a like decrepit looking bathroom. Uh, through one, you see a like a bedroom suite, uh, and the floor in that room is just like almost entirely gone. It has just been smashed through. It's just a big hole for the most part. Uh, and through that hole, actually, you can kind of see that rear office that uh, the the door was leading into down in the lobby. Uh, and the other two like uh, bedrooms on the sides of this hallway, uh, they're in sort of similar states of of disrepair. Uh, and then at the end of this hallway, you you can see just from your perspective, you see uh, this one really large bedroom suite. Uh, and there is there is some sort of light shining from beyond your your field of view. Uh, and the, the monster, you cannot see you right now. Um, it is at the base of the stairs. Uh, what do you do? I don't know if Ned would leave without the gun. Uh, yeah, I mean. Okay, um, Ned, uh, no, he had an enemy choice. I got to play true to the character. He, he, run, he tears ass down the hallway towards the big room with the light. Okay. Uh, you race forward into the, uh, largest bedroom up on this floor. Are you shutting the door behind you? Is this like, are you? Yep. Okay. I'm shutting the door and diving under the bed. Okay. I like it. Uh, you shut the door and, uh, as you do so, you hear the, the, the Bigfoot monster, uh, reach the top of the stairs. You hear like planks of wood sort of groaning under its, its weight. Um, and you enter the room and you slide under the bed. Uh, 
you you can kind of see really quickly that this room is actually very well illuminated. It's the brightest room that you've like been in in this dark building so far. Uh, and just like from looking around this this master suite, you can tell like this is definitely a uh, a hotel. Uh, I think in the closet actually you can see some like old like slippers and uh, like like bathrobes. Uh, and I mean just the layout of this building, like you are now for for sure like this is a hotel. Um, so at the edge of this room, uh, the 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 big double bed that you slid under. Uh, you see a figure lying in this bed. Uh, it is a humanoid shape that um, has been sort of incapacitated in a similar manner as as what you were in just minutes ago. This this like uh, weird sort of virtual space. Uh, only it seems like a bit more attention and care went into like their imprisonment. It's it's not just like their head that is encased in light. Like their entire body is just in this this cocoon of light um, and on the abdomen of this like weird cocoon, you see some sort of like interface with moving lines and figures in some sort of language that you like have never seen before in your life. Um, and uh, as you sort of slide under the bed to hide, uh, the monster is getting closer and closer uh, and it makes its way into the room that you're in and starts looking around. I think the role plays here. I don't think you, unless you have something else you want to do, if you're, if you're just hi- trying to wait this thing out. Yeah, I think hiding is, is a <laughs> wonderful choice. This is the Ned choice to make. Um, is, there a, is there a hide under pressure? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> hide under bed? The role that you did continues to, to play here. I'm not going to make you roll to hide again. God, um, there's dust bunnies. Uh, it's not they're literal. They're literal monster dust bunnies. Yeah. Yes. Um, you, from your perspective, I mean, obviously you can see the big nasty, big feet of the Bigfoot. Uh, you see this thing just sort of walking around the room. Uh, and then it stops to sort of check up on this figure that is lying in the bed immediately above you. Um, and then uh, it walks over to uh, the corner of this room and you see it. Um, urinate. You see it urinate and it's cool. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Justin, you still got that soundboard hooked up? Because you got to be on the quick draw with stuff like that when Travis brings out the heat. I'll be ready next time. Okay. You see it sort of fiddling with another piece of technology. Like, uh, Travis, here it comes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, it, it's messing with some sort of like uh, another sort of piece of technology like that is unlike anything you've ever seen before. Um, it looks like uh, it looks like these like glass bubbles of all these different kind of shapes and sizes, uh, like uh, like uh, over a hundred of them. You you you'd estimate, and they are all attached to what looks like this like big bag or something. All uh, you you are having a hard time telling what it is from uh, from your perspective under the bed with the uh, the monster here in it, but he's doing something with it. Yeah, I think I think after a while he turns and he starts uh, he he leaves the room and you can hear him walk down the hallway and look for you uh, in some other spot. Uh, he's gone. What do you do? Okay, I'm going to investigate the figure in the bed. Uh, okay, this would be that's a mystery, isn't it? Investigate a mystery. Uh, I think. Tell me what the action is, and then we'll figure out if it's actually a role. Because if you're just looking at this thing, then yeah, I'm just gonna I want to look at the the weird inscription or the weird words on its abdomen. Uh, Is, okay. Are the words on an actual item? It's like on this, like, uh, imagine like your skin is just like covered in light. Like it is, it is in the shape of a humanoid person. Uh, and the, the readout is like 
in the light on the abdomen. It is it is a, a weird thing. I think investigate a mystery, right? You do not know what this thing is, so anything you can get from this is going to be through in, inference, and I think that that's, that's worth rolling for. Okay, so investigate a mystery. That's, that's a nine plus sharp, which is yes. two. That's an 11. 11. Cool. Uh, so you can hold two questions. Um, and I think this is appropriate because this is like wrapped into the mystery of what this thing is. Uh, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What is it going to do? What is being concealed here? Let's start with what is being concealed here. Okay. Because there's obviously something inside this light shape. Uh, Okay, sure. With what is being concealed here, I mean, the identity of this person uh, or, or whoever it is, uh, is being concealed. Um, you can see, like, uh, on this, on this like, uh, cocoon of light, uh, it's, there's something being projected on the other side of it, like on the inside of it, that you can only kind of tell. Uh, it, it's almost like the same scene you saw, like your memories flashing. You see what look like little like video files playing out or something like that on the other side of the screen. So you can't like make out what it is, but uh, they are flashing. Somebody is in there and they are being sort of, um, uh, they are having their sort of memories collected in the <laughs> same way that, that yours were just, just moments ago. That is That is what you can tell. Okay, can I use my other question to investigate something else, or does it have sure. to be that? Okay, uh, then I'm going to walk over to the bag with all the balls on it. Okay. <laughs> the nice ball bag. Dude. The ball bag. And, and what and what are the questions? Uh, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? And what what's do? the deal with the ball bag? What's the deal with the ball bag? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. Uh, what can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What's being concealed here? What can it do? That's the question I'm asking. What okay. can it do? Um, so this this machine, uh, now that you're closer to it, you you kind of get a better uh, perspective on it. the The bag almost looks like a um, like a large textile sack, like a, a really really big one, almost like more of a kind of like a body bag, but with the proportions of like a, a tent or something like that. It is it is uh, it's a big bag. And um, fastened to it are these orbs. Um, I think with this role, since you're investigating it, you can count the orbs. You, and there's a, exactly 118 of them. Uh, and inside of them are just like different kind of uh, free-floating like particles. Uh, and, and these particles like floating around in these orbs, they have like different behaviors, some sort of uh, conglomerate around each other in these perfect orbits, some meld together and split apart, um, some bounce around like sort of quickly and erratically. Um, and that that is what the machine looks like. As far as what can it do, there is another sort of readout similar to the one using like the similar uh, uh, arcane language. Uh, that you saw on the the person over on the bed, uh, and you can't read that language. But there are sort of crude images also, like accompanying that language. And uh, right now, the shape that is on it is uh, in the shape of like a human body. That is uh, what you can tell this thing. This thing does. You said the orbs were attached to it, right? Yeah, it's almost like they are feeding into the bag, as if they are some sort of. Uh, energy source or something like that that feeds into uh, this 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 big bag. Being a thief, Ned's really going to want to try to take one of those orbs. Uh, okay, yeah, I think you could. Yeah, you can just do it. Uh, tell me, tell me what the orb uh, looks like that you that you pull off. 
What's the, what is the stuff, the like particle sort of stuff bouncing around in it look like? And you can well, tell me literally anything right now. It looks like a sea serpent. Okay. I mean, it's not sentient like that. It is it, it is just some sort of particles. But this orb, it just like pops out uh, fairly easily from the bag. And as it does so, you actually see the, um, the readout kind of like turn red uh, and start blinking. And it starts making actually kind of a quiet beeping noise. And uh, you don't hear like the monster nearby immediately, but you get the sense that this is not uh, a great thing uh, right now. And you could potentially... Uh, be 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 caught here if you if you hang around. But you have successfully retrieved one of these orbs. Then I think he's gonna get the hell out of there. Okay. Uh, yeah. And run your- back. And I say run back to the rift room. I have this image of him running out and jumping on the banister of the stairs and sliding down the banister. Uh, okay. I because that would be quieter than running down the stairs. I get you. Um, I'm gonna make you roll again because this is sort of a different motion, I guess. We're kind of like okay. playing Calvin Ball a little bit, but... So is this act under pressure? This would be act under pressure, you trying to scamper... Uh-oh. <sighs> that is not great. Uh, that is a critical failure. What is it? What's it called? That's just a failure. Just a so, loss. Just regular loss. Get your point of experience. Get your mark. Yeah. 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 That's a... Uh, Dad rolled a four plus uh, cool, which is not going to get in there. We got to start saying the number first. You step foot out of that that big bedroom into the hallway and uh, walk down towards the stairs. And as you do, uh, just like the top stair goes. <laughs> um, and just like instantly, the Bigfoot is there at the uh, base of the stairs. Uh, you also see like a few feet behind him sitting in the middle of the lobby is uh, is your gun. Uh, it is it is past him. Again, you have more exits to other rooms behind you. The monster is now standing between you and the bottom of the stairs. What do you do? Jump. Duck. What's going on? Uh, so you're doing some tricks. You're doing. We could play this. We could just do like a um, audio audio uh, book version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. If you want to tell me like mm-hmm. all the tricks that you do, and then we can assign point values to them. Um, I, I didn't envision there being like half pipes on the road in Kepler, but maybe we can. Maybe what, we can. There's f- probably like. I probably get fifty points for avoiding Mountain Dew bottles yeah. that have been cast on the road. <laughs> Would there be just right. one paragraph that's just grind? Yes, duck grinds, and it's so cool. He collects all the letters in skate, <laughs> and he slaps a sticker up on. He gets the videotapes. He slaps a think- sticker up on Bam Margera's dad's butt. <laughs> Considering Duck's age is, I think, just a couple of years older than me, his main trick right now is like not dying sure like, don't die <laughs> uh we need to clear something up because we actually didn't do it in the uh last like acquisition thing you have this helmet and it's your your skateboard helmet that gives you plus one armor i don't know if we've dealt any harm to duck but don't do not forget about that because something yeah. tells me you're gonna need it on this one because you are yeah. you are sketching on the back of the man fucking uh scrivener changed the word sketching it auto corrected it to switching what a narc <laughs> Scrivener is an arc. And I do want to make sure like I was thinking about it like what would make sense and in, in for for Duck to do. 
because uh, Duck's been very aware of his mortality ever since he lost his abilities. I think when he did this, he literally forgot that he was not <laughs> indestructible. indestructible anymore. He literally <laughs> like didn't remember. And I think that it was like about 90 seconds into this sketching where he remembered like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, God damn it. That's right. Shit. Fuck. Uh, okay. It is, it is right around that moment. Uh, while you are zooming around behind the sheriff's car, are you trying to hide? Are you trying to like stay out of sight? Are you are you like? I mean, I'm at, I'm holding onto the rear bumper, so I feel like my default would be, yeah, like <laughs> you're gonna stop, right? I mean, if you see a human sketching you, you yeah. will stop uh, uh, for prolonged periods of time. Yeah, he's just, in pursuit of he is somebody. he is chasing me, yes, but I don't want to have to roll to see if he notices me. I think he's just staying down. Uh, okay, you are uh, you're staying down, and uh, what what's the plan here? Why why did you decide to uh, why did you decide to uh, to do this? What was the what was the logic before you forgot your you're invincible? You're asking me why I skitched somebody. Now who's the fucking narc? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm following. Like the sheriff can move faster than I can. I'm following the Bigfoot. Okay, with the sheriff. Gotcha. Um, so it's right around when you have this like realization of you're not, you're not invincible anymore that, uh, the sheriff whips his car, uh, around the like hairpin turn, uh, where the road splits off and starts heading up to topside. Uh, and then the sheriff pops out of the car and starts ghost riding the whip. Starts ghost riding. Everybody's stunting. It's so hot right now. Before you, you like hit that turn, you can actually catch a glimpse of, the Bigfoot who like just made the turn before the sheriff's car and is still like charging on all fours up, uh, up the mountainside road. Uh, you also get the feeling that he caught a glimpse of you as well. Um, and the, the chase continues as the sheriff tries to keep the patrol car, uh, steady, just like gunning the engines. And then, uh, you pass under the like underpass beneath the funicular tram as the road continues on. And it's dark for like just a second. And then when you come out the other side, uh, you feel the sheriff, uh, uh, tap the brakes and slow down, like hesitating for a moment, and you hear him like curse. Um, and then you see the Bigfoot suddenly appear 10 feet behind you, charging in your direction. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, I'm, hold on a second. I'm trying to think. Let me do a little like physics calculation in my head here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to scramble up on top of the car and smack it <laughs> and tell him to drive. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say, hey, hey, man, the fucking Bigfoot's behind you, dude. Drive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, I've been sketching this whole time, brother. I'm really sorry, but you gotta fucking drive right now, dude. Come on. I'm vulnerable as hell. Come on. Don't make me fight Bigfoot. I wasn't thinking through this shit. Go. Like a fucking fight Bigfoot. Uh, act under pressure for sure. I think I, I, I was going to make you manipulate the sheriff, but I think all the the uh, the tensions are quite high right now. Uh, so act act under pressure. You, you know what? I'm actually going to do. Trust me. When you tell a normal person the truth in order to protect them from danger, roll a plus charm. Ooh, okay. I like that even better. Yep. It's eight plus two. That's a ten. I love it. Yeah. Uh, did your try your charm like increased when you became a normie, right? It didn't increase. I just re, I, I just chose. A, yeah. Charm is actually plus two for all, um, 
all the different ratings you could pick uh, in for the mundane. I love that. Always plus two charm. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, then then the sheriff. Uh, I think the sheriff taps on the brakes like again, and you really have to work to keep your uh, your footing on the car. And then he sees like the Bigfoot about to just like smash into you, and he guns it. Uh, and as he does so, uh, the Bigfoot starts to uh, lose ground on you, and then he just stops, and you see him back off. Uh, through another one of those rifts. Um, and then the sheriff yells, what the fuck are you doing on my car, Duck Newton? Yeah, I was trying... You're going to ask me why I sketched? Now who's the narc? <laughs> uh, he's, he starts to yell something else uh, that like the, the wind whipping past you is so like loud you have a hard time making it out. Uh, and then he slams on the gas again, uh, and you can tell as you like sort of swing around uh, that the Bigfoot has appeared back in front of your car, and uh, the uh, the sheriff is now chasing after it. Uh, and you're like you're zooming, you're you're definitely up on top side now. You're zooming past like uh, Resort Row, uh, where all these like old dilapidated uh, resorts that shut down a while ago when the town's like economy dried up are. Uh, you pass the the ski lodge, um, and then just past the turnoff down towards Amnesty Lodge, uh, the the uh, Bigfoot disappears past the tree line, and the sheriff slams on the brakes. And you definitely aren't. You definitely get knocked off the car at that point. I think your helmet Probably protects point, you. Yeah. Uh, and you see the sheriff uh, hastily park the car, uh, jump out, and draw his service revolver. And he says, "Duck Newton, I don't know." What you're doing here? I don't know what you, uh, I'm. I'm dragooning you, Duck Newton. We're not going to let this thing escape. This is the closest I've ever been to finding out what's going on in Kepler, and you're going to help me. You understand me? Oh man, can you just give me like a second? Jesus Christ! He he grabs you by like the the scruff of your collar and starts picking you up. All right, all right, calm down. Fuck! I just fell off a car. Jesus! <laughs> let me get pull off his asthma in here real quick. <laughs> Uh, he. <sighs> all right, all right. Hold on. Nope. Need another pull. Hold on. <sighs> yeah. All right. So Bigfoot's real. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I can't imagine how it must be to find out this way, but Bigfoot's real. Uh, he shakes his head and dips back into the car. Uh, and when he comes out, he is holding like this this uh, black canister. And he throws it to you, and he says, "Now listen, my, my service revolver is the only uh, the only weapon I got on me right now. But that there's uh, some industrial strength pepper spray. So uh, I don't know if this thing's got eyes or whatever. But we we need to go now. We are losing it." Uh, and he takes off into the woods. Uh, yeah, let's go. Fuck it, man. All right, sure. Why not? <laughs> if, you, if you got the guts, I guess I do too. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Fucking kill Bigfoot. There. Let's go. Aubrey, you, uh, where we left you off, you were uh, racing over towards the uh, sheriff's department where Deputy Dewey was just flung through the front windows of the building by the uh, Bigfoot monster. Um, There were, just like moments ago, a few people standing in the front lobby, and now like 
fearing a continued assault from from this monster they just saw. Uh, All but one of them have fled. As you approach the building, you see uh, Detective Megan, uh, and she is hunched over the bloodied form of Deputy Dewey. Uh, She is applying pressure to his wounds. He's got just these these great big sort of slashes across his torso, uh, and she stands up and darts over behind uh, the receptionist desk here in the the sheriff's department uh, building, and she starts dialing for an ambulance. And as she sees you come close, she yells, uh, "Hey, hey, hey! You, um, you want to be a hero? Put some put some pressure on that guy's wounds, or else he's gonna bleed out." Do you want to be a hero? Um, then come over here and help me. I'm calling an ambulance. Puts a. Are you kidding me? Uh, I I'm gonna read a bad situation. Okay, that's the move. Like, tell me what Aubrey is doing. So basically, I'm checking on Deputy Dewey, um, trying to figure out if he even has time before an ambulance would get there. How bad he looks. Um, if he's in danger, basically. Okay. There, there are questions that deal with that. You rolled a nine plus sharp. What's your sharp? Plus sharp is plus one, so a ten. A 10, cool, you get to hold three. Uh, What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? I don't know that you have, uh, (laughs) you have three to spend here. I don't know that you're gonna, I don't know that three of these are relevant to you, but. uh, Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, with uh, what's the best way to protect the victim. Yeah, I think that's the obvious one here. Um, An ambulance ain't gonna make it. Dewey does not, Dewey does not have, 10 minutes to spare like Dewey does not Dewey does not have time for that um he is he is on death's door at this very moment um Um, so he he's looking worse than Keith did when Aubrey healed him yes this is this is to use game terminology many harm Okay. He has passed. He has passed the. Uh, he has passed the dying uh, check mark on your health bar. There, he is unstable, uh, and he is. He's looking bad. Okay, I'm gonna do some big magic. Ooh, okay. To try to do a big old heal on Dewey here. Okay, we've um, never done this before. Let's yes. talk about big magic. Um, the keeper may require you. You. What do you? What do you want to do? You just want to heal him. Yeah, so I'm trying to do a big heal, like a instead of just healing like for one, healing for like two or three. Um, I mean, let's not actually let's not gamify that, right? Yeah, let's not I, say I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to heal with my. Him. Yeah, okay, yeah. I like that. Um, so the keeper may require that you spend a lot of time researching the magic ritual. Nah, uh, that you experiment with the spell. There will be lots of failures before you get it right. We don't have time for that either. Um. You could need reared or rare. This is not fun to listen the, to. Yeah, the one that I, the three that I think would make most sense is either it needs multiple people, so Megan and Aubrey. Okay. Um, you need to use magic as part of the ritual, so I would have to use magic multiple times, or okay. it will have a specific side effect or danger. Okay, I know what the side effect or danger is going to be, but I'm not going to tell you that. That's right. one of the requirements. Um, right. I agree with you. I think you're going to have to use magic multiple times and you're going to like have to tell me what that looks like for the two people to help. You don't need two people to help you do the ritual because Detective Megan does not know magic, mm-hmm. but you will need her cooperation in some other form. So that's that's those are the terms of big magic. Um, Got it. And uh, you're going to have to roll to like do it like usual. But let's let's move on with the scene. So what do you what do you do? OK, listen. Uh, Megan, right? Yeah. An ambulance ain't gonna make it. So call an ambulance if you want to and watch our friend Dewey here bleed out while we wait. Now you come here, 
put pressure on this and I'm going to try something a little extreme, but I've studied Reiki and I'm <laughs> going to heal him by manipulating energy, but I need your help to put pressure here <laughs> to give me time to use it. So you help me with the energy, okay? This is going to be a big manipulate. This is a wild, wild thing for you to you don't trick know that. somebody into doing. You don't know that. <laughs> uh, it's a seven plus one. It's an eight. They'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. I'm going to make my hands glow. Yeah, okay. Are you Are you going to make them glow like on, on him? Fire. No, just catch on fire like I have power. I don't think that this would work. Like, I, I, I'm trying to justify it, but I think you setting your, hand, your hands on fire is not going to calm this person down. I think that you setting your hands on fire is going well, I to- Well, I, I was doing it to kind of show, like, I'm not lying about having power of some sort to heal him, control over energy. This is more of, like, shocking into convincing. That's how my brain would work, I think, if someone had fire hands. Because basically, right now, we are in a power struggle where she, Megan is going to feel like an authority figure, and I look like just some kid in a leather vest or a denim vest or whatever. And I need to make some kind of power move that's like, <laughs> okay. you should listen to me. <laughs> um, <coughs> Beautiful tapestry you've painted. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. A moo-moo or bike shorts or, or I don't fuck. know, something. <laughs> Clothes, you know. You know, big hair. It's fine. Uh, here's what I will give you. Uh, she sees you set your hands on fire and like, that's enough weird stuff for her today. And she just faints. She just like collapses. Um, and you get the impression that she could have interfered with whatever you wanted to do here. But now she is more or less neutralized. That I'll is take, that is I'll the amount of cooperation. Party. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you. So, yeah, now it's just you and uh, a, a nearly dead Dewey. That's a that's a sequel to Drop Dead Fred, mm -hmm. Nearly Dead Dewey. Nearly no Dead Dewey. Enjoyed it. All right, Magic, this is a big one. Uh, you and me, we're going to save Dewey's life. So I need you to help me heal him. What's the physical move look like here? What are you doing? Um, so I would say, like, with the wounds and everything, trying to close those up so there's, like, a almost, like, a stitching, but with magic to close okay. up the wounds. Um, and whatever the magical form of like, you know, a, a, a blood transfusion would be. Okay. Like, gotta get some blood back into this man. So maybe the blood that's like spilled out on the floor, like pulling back in. Shit, that's gross. Um, yeah, I mean, you've never done anything like this before. This is so far outside of your comfort zone. Uh, so go ahead and use magic. And this is the role. Well, oh my god! Not great, but I, it's a three. But I'm just gonna go ahead and do luck because I want to save Dewey's life. Um, um, I mean, I still get to add in the side effect or danger. Um, absolutely, positively. So, how much luck do you have? Like, you have I, used the yeah. This will be uh, my fourth of eight. Dang, dude! And I'm halfway yeah. out. But listen, I know that if it was me and I had the choice, I would use one point of whatever to save somebody's life. This is a pretty big one. So, yeah. You put your hands on Dewey, and you... It, it's definitely harder than it was when you... This is probably the most exertion any spell that you've ever, like, cast has done. I'm uh, picturing, is, like, the orange in the eye, like, kind of sparkling a little bit, you know? Like, really... I don't know if that's actually connected to magic, but in my mind it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, Trevor. 
how's real magic work again? Yeah, I know, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe the red hair dye in Aubrey's hair gets a little brighter. How's the lighting? It's really good. <laughs> really good lighting, but suddenly everything becomes a little bit like a black light poster. Uh, actually, it goes completely dark. Oh. You, uh, it, it is almost like a trap door just like opened on a stage beneath you and Deputy Dewey, and uh, you are both just falling. Uh, and your falling starts to slow down, uh, and then you're not moving anymore. You're just kind of like weightless in this void. As we said, folks, it is the Maximum Fun Drive, the time of year where we come to you and ask you to help us support the network. Uh, do you like the Adventure Zone? Well, now's your chance to prove it. The real, <laughs> hey, the step real, up. Step up and uh, prove it with the real currency in life, money. That's right. You can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and you can pledge uh, how much you can spare to help keep our network and our shows going it's uh uh it, you can donate as as little as five dollars per month, and then that goes all those donation levels go all the way up to two hundred dollars a month. Now, Dad, you are always uh, so gifted at this. Uh, why you. don't you tell the people if they pledge, uh, let's say five dollars a month? Travis already told them they're going to get hundreds of hours of uh uh, uh exclusive bonus content. Uh, what happens if they donate ten dollars per month, Daddy? Well, they they still get that bonus content. Oh yeah! Uh, but also, there is a brand new batch of uh, drive exclusive enamel pins that uh, Megan Lynn Cott designed. Um, new ones, new yeah, designs, brand new, Lynn. new designs for every Max Fun show. You pick your favorite. I like the Cryptonomica one, Capital West Virginia, but it's that's really up to you. Also, you get a Max Fun membership card. So that that's pretty cool, which will get you into literally thousands of free events all across the country. Things that you do, don't have to pay for. Wow, that's that, amazing. That was my joke. Yeah, there's, that's you. not true. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get you into free, free events. Free events. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, get it? Oh. Yeah, there we go. Now for twenty dollars a month. Oh god, that you one's get... so long. Hold on, we gotta wait this one out. Just I hate the crickets one. I, and don't I... fucking bomb. <laughs> if everybody stops bombing, we don't have to hear the crickets. For twenty dollars a month, you get the pin, you get the bonus content, you get the membership card. You also get this really cool five hundred and fifty five a uh, five hundred and fifty piece maximum fun puzzles Shit, Dad, designed by almost, Jeffrey Tyson. You almost told him about the secret extra five pieces. Oh, and and this would be so much fun as you listen to the Adventure Zone of putting this puzzle together. Yeah. If you're the sort of person for whom the maximum amount of fun you can have is putting together a 550-piece puzzle, we've got great news for you. $35. In addition to all that other stuff, you get a glass coffee mug engraved with the absolutely adorable Max Fun Rocket logo. Now, and all the other stuff. If I could, just for a moment, someone might say, hey... What what good does it do? Maybe I can only give $5 a month. Does that really make a difference? And let me tell you, as someone who's been working uh, with Max Fun for the last, what, this is eight years now, I think? It makes a huge difference. We have launched so many new shows. We have been able to make podcasting our full-time focus. We take it on the road. We focus on making new merch. We do all of these things because every year, 
you have proven to us that these shows matter to you. And so we have made them a priority because you have told us that they matter. So we're constantly trying to make our shows better, be that through improving you know, the subject matter or even the audio quality. We're always on that chase to find the best microphone, the best audio setup so that we can make sure our episodes don't sound like shit because we True. know how much you all hate that. Um, we're gonna get back yeah, to the rest. Let us know. <laughs> we're gonna get back to the rest of the episode. Uh, we'll be back a little bit later to tell you about some of the other uh, uh, the things you can get for donating. But um, you all have been so supportive in the past, uh, and and I can't tell you how much it means. Uh, we are trying to get to uh, twenty five thousand new and upgrading members. Uh, Never happen. It- <laughs> So uh, if, if, if this show is important to you, if the shows that we make are important to you and you want to show your support for them, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and uh, help us help us hit that goal and uh, so support the things that you like. Uh, and we'll be back later to tell you more. You said there was a reception desk. Yes. All right. So he, he wouldn't be jumping all the way to the floor. He'd be jumping to the reception desk, which would be a little bit of a of a smaller drop. Uh, okay. I mean, it's still going to be definitely an act under pressure. This is a big boy sort of gymnastic <sighs> movement that I'm excited to see play out. And that would be ah, an eleven, a big eleven. Yeah. Plus okay. Cool. That's a twelve. Uh, right? Yes. Well done. Uh, okay, yeah, you jump sort of over the side of the stairs uh, <laughs> as this thing is like charging up towards you and you land on the reception desk. Uh, and I, I think you got enough sort of uh, distance from the monster that you can sort of make a move here without uh, being necessarily threatened. Uh, you got your gun sort of uh, a few feet ahead of you down on the floor of the lobby. You've got the exit into the office immediately behind you and you have the uh, hallway leading down to the um, the conference room with the rifts in it. Uh, I picture him landing on the reception desk like Neo landing from flying, you know, with his coat all, all you know, in yeah, the air. Yeah, a pair of sunglasses just form on your face, and Lawrence Fishburne gives you a big smile. I say he makes a run for the for the rift room, scooping up the, the, the gun as he <laughs> pelts past it. Uh, okay, I think it's going to be a little bit rowdier in the rift room if you try and do both of those things, but I'm not going to make you roll uh, again for it. Uh, yeah, you do that. You you are able to sort of make a uh, make an arc through the lobby and swoop down and grab your gun. The monster's uh, running up the stairs, right? Uh, the monster has now like uh, pivoted and is is now coming back down at you. Uh, and in the time it takes you to like swoop and grab your gun, I think he makes it down the stairs, but you still have a uh, an advantage over him. You are still in front of him, and you are able to run into uh, the conference room uh, with it at your uh, tail. Um, and now, like you, you're in the conference room. You can kind of see, uh, you see like half a dozen rifts, right? And you have you, Ned, I think in particular, have seen these all over for whatever reason. Like you have been more perceptive. Uh, when you've when you've seen them, you see um, through one of them. You see the front office of. Uh, the morgue, uh, where, you know, you, you just, you just were before you were pulled out, uh, and it is empty. You can tell, you can see sort of uh, a handful of like oblivious sheriff's department employees just kind of poking around the morgue, like 
cleaning up or searching for clues or whatever. Uh, through another rift, you see the hornet's nest from like behind a patch of trees. And you can tell like this is the one that you saw when you were investigating uh, down, down at the hornet's nest. Um, there are a couple other ones that are kind of tightly closed. Uh, that you can't really see where they're pointing. One of them, through one of them, you can tell uh, you see like a tall barbed wire covered fence. Uh, what the fence is protecting, you can't really tell. Um, and then there is a final one that opens up into the clearing behind Amnesty Lodge um, through which you can see uh, the the archway. There's also one more rift in this room that is like almost completely shut. Uh, and it is like glowing the brightest of, of all of these. Uh, again, like you kind of only have, you see this in like the flash of a second because you, this thing is so hot on your tail. Uh, does does are, Ned have access to all of them? Uh, yeah, they are sort of all around the room. You would be able to make it into any of them. Uh, I mean, the ones that are, you've never like knowingly traveled through, like this thing pulled you through a rift so you're not exactly sure how it, you're just kind of I guess hoping that it's like a door that you can run through um, but yes it appears like you would be able to get to any of them okay then I say Ned makes a run it jumps towards the one where he can see the barbed wire because he doesn't want to go to the hornet's nest because the hornets are there he doesn't want to go to the morgue because the sheriff's office there the other one is too bright that's too scary why not go for the one that looks the most innocuous and he does this thing where he turns in midair and shoots the narf blaster back Fuck yeah. at the monster and goes flying backwards through the rift why don't you kick some ass and we'll we'll see how this slow-mo uh john woo dive plays out yeah shit three it's a three that's I rolled a, three. a three now how lucky do you feel ned are you feeling lucky punk yeah, I got to use a luck here okay I got to. mark experience and uh burn a point no of you luck don't get here. experience if you do luck oh you don't Okay, never mind. I think so. Uh, okay, yeah, Ned, desc- describe one more time. I think this thing is like on the opposite end of the room. This rift is uh, on the opposite end of this like conference table. Uh, so, so describe the scene as you. you... I say okay. So Ned's flying as fast as he can. Uh, I say the monster even gets close enough to grab the tail end of his scarf and pull it off of him, and that uh, now kind has of has a lovely memento. Okay, and that. And that kind of turns Ned. So as he turns, he's now facing the monster. He already had the Narf Blaster in his hand, so he didn't have to draw it. He yeah. shoots it. He shoots it with the Narf Blaster, and and goes flying backwards into the rift. What's the damage here on the Narf Blaster? Two harm. Yes. Two harm. Uh, yeah, you see it like rip just some of its like meat off and as it because you got this like badass beam gun now right like, right that was the modification you did to it uh it like just rips off part of its just like body and you see it just disintegrate into uh these particles that go flying behind it uh and it seems to like howl um, but it, it's, it's not like, it's not actually quite as bad as when, uh, Aubrey stabbed it with it, with her flying knife. Uh, but, but you did some damage to it. Uh, it also, uh, because of, you get to pick one extra effect here, um, for kick some ass. So, uh, gain the advantage, take one forward, inflict terrible harm. You suffer less harm or you force them where you want them. I say force them where I want them because I don't want them to come through the rift. Okay. Yeah. Then the beam of light like pushes them backward and gives them a little bit of space. Uh, they get like a claw. They claw your like the back of your calf uh, for one harm. 
Uh, but that's like all that they get before you turn and blast them with this this laser beam uh, that knocks them backwards. And then you are through the rift and uh, they think about chasing you through it, but they seem like they stop and then just the rift disappears. Um, and now you're standing in front of this barbed wire fence. Rather, you're, you're probably lying prone <laughs> by this barbed wire fence. And as you uh, correct yourself and look up, you realize you are inside the perimeter surrounding the Green Bank Telescope. Duck, you and Sheriff Zeke are now like walking through the woods and he's trying to track uh the the Bigfoot. Um and I imagine it stinks like fucking shit. I don't right? think it smells very good. Oh, you're um, talking about Bigfoot, not the sheriff, right? No, the sheriff's fine. I have to imagine Bigfoot stinks all the hell. What do you think uh, the sheriff smells like? Like a man, you <laughs> like sa- sandalwood and old leather. You actually get like it smells when you were close to it in the morgue. Uh, they, obviously, like there was a chemical smell from like morgue chemicals, uh, but it stank like sulfur. Like it smelled like rotten eggs. It smelled real. You are right. It smelled real, real bad. I think you're mostly tracking it through you know its giant footprints in this in the snow uh, all around you, and like perplexingly, like they will go for a distance and then just stop and then reappear like uh, a dozen yards away. Um, and so trying to track it is is kind of tough. And you get the sense that it could be anywhere. And so you and the sheriff are just sort of watching each other's uh, back as you go through the woods. Um, and he says, um, so uh, you, you fought this thing back in the morgue? What's What, what do I need to know? Um, It's... I don't understand it any better than you do, man. Um, it is uh, dangerous. It is uh, big. You saw that. You saw it's big. Uh, we shouldn't be fighting it. There's one. There's a good one for you. This is a mistake. Uh, if you want to bounce, like I'm, I am with you. This, me and you taking this thing on together, not smart. Not smart at all. I'm on the record for that. Uh, are you trying to convince him to to leave, or is this just Duck being kind of scared? Um, Duck has lived a life not worrying about physical danger, right? right? I mean, like he's lived a life not worrying about that. So, like, I think having to process that is like, like, imagine that if you live for four decades being invulnerable, and then suddenly you were, and like you didn't know what was like. You were thinking about things in, as what is dangerous and what is not for the first time in your entire life. Like, I think he is processing it, but I think he still knows that it's dangerous and this is his job um, and this is the best hope they have. But <clears throat> I, I don't think he's crazy about it. Let me say that. Okay. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, he, he like hesitates for a second. You see him like lower his, his revolver um, and he says, I mean, oh God, you might, you, you're probably, uh, and then you hear like a sound, uh, in the distance, uh, this loud roaring, uh, and it is getting louder and closer, like super fast. And Sheriff Owens turns to face it. And then you see Hollis pull up, uh, in, uh, on top of their, their motorbike. Uh, and they like, they make a running stop. They are like running off the bike and just like letting it slide uh, and 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 fall over. Uh, and they they run up towards you. Uh, they've got this like long rebar club with the that's like 
got this handle of just like wrapped leather around the bottom of it. Uh, and they are, they are wielding it and uh, they, they move closer to you and they say, it's close, right? What? The, f- the monster. Come on, Doc. Are you really going to keep pretending? Nah, honestly, I'm happy you're here. Three of us means we're, um, well, we're still probably going to die, but <laughs> it's like better odds for sure. Um, so you want to help us fight Bigfoot? Because Bigfoot's real. Let me catch up. Bigfoot's real. <laughs> and I feel comfortable telling you about that because I feel like there's an 80% chance you, me, and Dupree over here are going to fucking beef town. <laughs> you know, I, we ha- we don't have much of a choice here, folks, but let's keep it rolling. Anyway, Bigfoot's real. Now you're caught up. Let's go kill him. <laughs> uh, both of them are just like staring at you with just like blank shocked expressions. Uh, and then there is another sound. There is just like this, this heavy breathing. It's like screeching, almost like taunting noise uh, that is sort of just ping ponging all, all around you in the woods. Uh, almost like it's, it's toying with you trying to scare the three of you. Um, and then suddenly duck, you notice a shadow above uh, falling on, uh, the three of you, and you see Bigfoot pouncing downward toward your party. What do you do? He's like flying through the air down at me. He has like jumped down off of a the the boughs of a tree and is uh, coming down towards the three of you. All right, I am going to. I mean, I don't even think about it really. I, I probably should, but I don't think about it. I just, uh, I I just swing. I, I pull Beacon out in one motion and take a swing at him. Um, yeah, I I swing I, I I swing at him. Uh, that is a nine plus two is eleven. So I I pull Beacon out with one move and just slice her across the middle. And I was like, "Oh, guys, one more thing. My belt's a sword." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Now you're caught up. Uh, get to and I can talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. My belt's a sword. I just stabbed Bigfoot. I can talk. And those are the three things. Now you are indeed caught up. Let's go. Uh, You get to pick one extra effect here. Uh, You gain the advantage. Take one forward. Uh, You inflict terrible harm. You suffer less harm or you force them where you want them. I am probably going to, you know, I'm not going to take this thing on my own. I feel pretty confident about that. Right. Um, I'm going to force them where I want them. I'm going to try to... Knock him down to the ground and maybe give us time to escape. Uh, okay. Uh, you don't know that the other two people here want to escape, but I'm pretty sure they don't. Okay. The three of you were like kind of clustered together, like back to back to back, uh, watching the perimeter. Uh, and the Bigfoot like dove down toward your group, and with like the power of your slash, which has to have taken you by surprise, right? You're not Superman anymore, uh, but you just did a badass attack and uh, cut this thing for two harm, right? Yeah, I think that one of the things that's important to realize is like Beacon is also a sentient sword. So like the I I, I kind of feel like even though I'm mundane, it's probably better than just some asshole with a metal belt. Yeah, right? like he he does have something of a mind of his own. Um, and as the like as the whip sword just like caught caught Bigfoot like perfectly with the tip, it sort of disrupted uh, his dive, and so like you are the only one that catches the. Uh, the brunt of uh, the harm that he dishes out. He, uh, I mean, he just like smashes, tackles you uh, with tremendous force and you take two harm, uh, which your helmet 
cushions the blow of a little bit uh, and he rolls to the ground. Um, and with that, like now, uh, now Hollis, they, they just run up with this big rebar club and just take a golf swing and smashes this, this Bigfoot across the face. Uh, and like without hesitating, uh, Sheriff Owens spins on his heels and just empties his revolver, uh, in the, in the direction of the Bigfoot and, and catches him with a few of the bullets. And uh, with that, the uh, Bigfoot, like, falls dramatically and then tries to right itself and uh, just, like, limps off deeper into the woods. And Hollis and Sheriff Owens are, like, already giving chase. Good good work. I thought, I did think we were going to die there. But we can go die deeper in the woods. That's fine. Let's go. Come on. Uh, as you as you make it real hard. You know what? Get a few more miles out there. This is going to be true crime podcast material. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be able to create that. That's a system of <laughs> perpetual giving right there. Come on. Let's go. Uh, you are pursuing them, pursuing the Bigfoot, uh, and you're nearing a like a tree line. And when you see it, you realize where you are you realize what you're close to you realize where this thing is leading you all and you break through the tree line alongside hollis and sheriff owens and you are standing in the clearing with the archway and the bigfoot is nowhere to be seen it is it is quiet now um it has it has led you all here and hollis says this is exactly where i lost sight of it last time and and Owens like nods in, in in acknowledgement, and both of them sort of start sweeping the perimeter, and that's when you remember like they can't see the gate because they don't know it's there. Um, but they are looking around trying to catch the trail of this monster again. What do you do? Is it going back through the back? It escaping through the archway would be bad, good, neutral. Like how would I in my role? How would I feel about that? It would be peculiar. I feel like. Like you, it is, it is, you have not seen a monster go through the archway. You have never seen a monster like actually cross through the archway. So you don't know. It's also been like using these rifts. So you're not entirely sure. Like it could have been either of those things. Um, one, one important thing is that uh, it's still, uh, it is not like the middle of the night. There's no like moonlight shining down. So the archway is not like active. Um, mm. So you can see that it's just sort of, it's dormant. It's dormant state. Um, but the two of them are kind of wandering around this this clearing, uh, looking for any sign of this monster that they can. Uh, they have not, like, collided with this thing. You remember, like, Duck didn't know it was there, but he, or Ned didn't know it was there, but he crashed his car into it. Um, so they are, uh, they are, they are sweeping the, the field here, trying to find uh, the Bigfoot. Either investigate a mystery or read a bad situation. Would one of those yeah. hold um, be useful here? Like, which one? Probably. It would be more... Probably read a bad situation. Okay. Let me do that. Ooh, that's a good roll. Of course. Yeah, it's an 11. Uh, um, plus sharp. Plus sharp, which is one, so it's a 12. Nice. Uh, read a bad situation. Um, I'm going to say I can hold three of these. What's the best way to protect the victims? Um, hmm. I, in this case, would would uh, okay. describe as the other two cats. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might also be on, you realize me, you could potentially that's like be on weird. the list. Right. Um, I mean, the best, the best way to like actively save the three of you right now is like your instincts were right earlier. Like you are no match for this thing. Uh, I think actually it, here's what you get from that. When it like fell down earlier, when you all lit it up, you can tell that it was faking. You can tell that like it wanted you to think that it was 
it was weakened. And so the best way to protect the, the victims, which is the three of you potentially, is to is to get them the fuck out of there. All right. Uh, you have two um, more. Uh, okay, what's my best way out? Um, I think it's, uh, w- with that, I think you definitely know, like, you can get them to Amnesty Lodge from here. You have made that, you have walked that path so many times that, like, if you if you all really need to get the fuck out of there, you can get them to, to Amnesty Lodge uh, really, like, really quickly and not, like, have to worry about this thing uh, slaughtering you in the woods. All right. What is, uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? With that one, you can see, uh, the, the other two are like, um, poking around like the other side of the clearing, uh, and behind them, behind like another, uh, like tree line, uh, you can see the Bigfoot and, uh, its face is like not this monstrous mask of death anymore. Like it is more. Uh, it is it is calm and pensive. Um, it's like uh, it's like you just went backstage and you saw like the actors just hanging out and not being these these the, you know putting on this the the pageantry of the play uh, and like you can read the emotion on this Bigfoot's face and it is frustrated and it is confused and it is it is looking at the 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 two uh people that that it it led here um and then it looks over and it sees you and it smiles and then it steps backward and disappears So Aubrey, you're not in the sheriff's department anymore. You're you're somewhere very strange. Uh, you you look around and you've got the the um, the the form of Deputy Dewey in front of you, uh, but both of you are just like inside of this massive hollow sphere, uh, and all around you, everywhere are are visions that are so far away you can barely make out like what they are. It's like you are surrounded by like a skybox in a video game, like just this huge static image that surrounds you on all sides. Uh, and you see like root systems growing downward through lush green fields uh, and rivers of magma and uh, waves on the ocean. And it looks like you're looking up at all this stuff from like below a big glass table. Uh, and you see these like little pinpricks of light everywhere. Uh, just like concentrated heavily around certain parts of this like sphere you're inside and sparse in others and some of them are moving and some are flickering and reappearing somewhere else um, you are in the middle of just like this massive eco ball uh, and Dewey's form is floating in front of you and he is motionless but his wounds are gone and then floating on the other side of Dewey a figure appears and Uh, It has a hand extended and pressed gently on Dewey's chest. And this figure is uh, a woman. And and you get this, like, feeling when you look at her. uh, And it's the kind of feeling you get, like, when you swear you've met someone before, but, like, a thousand times stronger than that. Uh, Like, this presence feels like it could be, it could be, like, family. Like, it could be your sister if you, if you had one. Um, And you feel this, like, warmth and familiarity with this, this, this figure, this person who, uh, so closely, like, resembles you in a way. And they actually look a little bit surprised to see you. Uh, and she she does a little wave. What do you do? Magic? Are you magic? Uh, she, like, cocks her head to the side uh, and smiles and does not take her hand off of uh, Dewey. And she kind of, like, gestures down towards him. 
Are you... You're helping me do magic, right? To help Dewey? She looks up at you and uh, smiles and nods. Awesome. Hey, thanks. I sure do appreciate it. Uh, she takes her other hand now and places it. Uh, uh, she actually, no, what she does is she reaches out with her other hand and she uh, grabs you by the wrist. Um, uh, it feels like you've just like grabbed a uh, like a live wire, uh, but not painful. You just feel this like rush of uh, like euphoria and energy as she touches you uh, and she places your hand on Dewey and then she she nods. Okay, let's let's do this. Should we chant like heal, 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 or is what? Uh, she is so focused on Dewey right now that she does not. Uh, she she actually closes her eyes, uh, and uh, now you can feel that energy again, almost like it is being sort of pushed through Dewey, like you formed like a conduit uh, with this 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 uh, placing laying on hands that the two of you are doing, um, and Dewey starts to glow. Uh, just this beautiful light, and he's then pregnant. He is pregnant. He's a wonderful pregnant uh, deputy. Uh, and then this figure looks up at you, and she opens her eyes, and she just has these bright orange glowing eyes. <gasps> and then you wake up, and you are locked in a cell. Uh, you, Super cool. You can see from where you are that that uh, Detective Megan has left the building. There, she she uh, apparently awoke at some point and dragged you in here and dipped. Uh, there's nobody in here, as far as you can tell. Dewey, you can st- see, is laying on the floor and he is he is not breathing. Uh, Detective Megan has actually covered him up with uh, with a cloth, but you can you can see Dewey's form under there. Uh, Dewey, wake up, Dewey. I command you, rise. Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey, come forth. Dewey, rise, Dewey, my children of the night. <laughs> um, Dewey does not rise. Rise. <laughs> rise. But what you do see is from behind the the desk in the reception hall um in in the lobby there you see a ring of keys and you see them just kind of like shake a little bit and then they lift up and they slide across the um they slide across the desk and then they come into the the room that you're in with the 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 cells and you can kind of see some sort of like they are floating around on this fog and it's taking the take, taking shape. This fog is as the keys get closer, and they go into the uh, the gate of the cell that you're in. And you hear the lock click, and the gate swings open, and this fog has fully taken form. It's Deputy Dewey, and he's a ghost. Oh, shit. oh dang, Dewey. <laughs> Hey, folks, sorry to interrupt the show again. Normally, we only have one break in here, but this is a very special time of year, uh, and that is the time where we ask you for money. Um, mm. It's very special to us. It's very special because it means that we get to keep making uh, podcasts for you and turn this into our job because you all have always been so great to support us. When you donate, um, let's say you donate uh, 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 $10 a month, where's that money going? Well, uh, a small portion of it is going to go to Max Fund to help keep them uh, running the network. They help us 
find sponsors. They help us uh, uh, refine our content. They help connect us with the other shows. They help connect us with uh, guests and guest spurts to put on the show. They do so much to support us and all the other shows in the family. Uh, and so a small portion of your donation goes to help, help them. The rest of it goes entirely to the show's that you listen to. Uh, it goes to help um, them buy equipment and uh, to pay for their house and their children's food and stuff. You know, <laughs> money, money stuff. Money. Like how money do, what do you do? What do you do? What do you need money for? And, but that is where your donation is going. And it is what helps to keep it like really independent. And um, we we love that about the Max Fun Network. Uh, we also love the values of the Max Fun Network. It's a place where like we still own our show. We own all our stuff. Uh, and we're able to do that because you have always been so supportive of us. So we we very much appreciate it. Um, and we appreciate you going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate right now. Uh, uh, yeah, even even if all you can do is, is five bucks, that'll get you the, the bonus content. There's so much stuff to get. We did an episode where we played Honey Heist. We have the old episode where we played with Lynn. Uh, we, we've done a lot of stuff with that. Also, last we year was the four Sherlock Holmes. And a vampire. Uh, vampire Holy yeah. shit, that was good. Good. Uh, and uh, also, I should mention that we've been on a biweekly schedule. We're going to have another episode up next week where we're doing a VV Adventure Zone Zone uh, about amnesty and uh, I guess live balance or whatever you want to talk about, the, the graphic novels, whatever. You can send your questions in now to adventurezonecast at gmail.com. Or you uh, can tweet it at, at us, uh, hashtag TTAZZ. Uh, I also want to say real quick, if you're already a MaxFun donor, this is a great time to consider upgrading your donation, so that way you'll still get all those great gifts. Uh, or this is a great time to tell your friends that they should become MaxFun donors. You know, if you already give and that's all you can do, totally fine. Take to social media and say, hey, MaxFunDrive is going on now. Share that link, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. This is also, third reminder, a great time to update your credit card info. You know, the credit cards expire or, you know, you change passwords or whatever, and it doesn't always update in the maximum fund system so you can go and make sure you're still giving at that level um, and make sure that you still support the shows you love daddy do you want to talk about how you don't work anymore and how you're yeah this is all i got folks this is it for me please this is this is the only way that i'm staying alive although i'm putting food in my belly and clothes on my back for god's sake our daddy was waking up at three three thirty in the morning in the morning every morning a.m to go to work and now he doesn't have to because you are so generous but you you know the tax man the bill man he's still going (laughs) that's that's sort of damocles is always dangling over my dad it's always dangling over our dad and so please our dad made a hugely risky choice please do go to maximumfund.org forward slash donate and keep our dad off the streets bye everybody MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.